JS. 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 Welcome to the JS and King Podcast. I'm your host, JS. You know, growing up in my household with my family, uh, my dad was always the person that put different people on to music or took everyone to concerts that he thought was dope at that time. You know, whether it was... Shit, at the time, Jimi Hendrix, uh, Parliament Funkadelic. He put a lot of people onto different music that came in the household or who came to town. And it's weird because I find myself in the same place as my dad. The torch has been passed where I let people know different new artists or new music that has came out. And it puts you on to something that you might like that you never heard before. Just recently, I had discovered uh, a new artist that I thought was dope, you know, and I really wanted to introduce y'all to her today, especially here in America. Joining us from Berlin, Germany, we have vocalist, instrumentalist, composer, and arranger, the remarkably talented Natalie Greffel. Hey, how you doing today? I'm doing good. It's my day off, so I'm just uh, relaxing and and waiting to have a great conversation with you. That's all. And no, you? No doubt. I'm doing great. So can you tell me, where were you born and raised? I was born in, in, in Mozambique, so that's in like between like in South, um, South Africa, like next to South Africa on the East Coast. My parents met there, and then we moved to Denmark when I was like a toddler. And that's where I was raised until I was 20, and then I moved to Berlin. That's interesting. That's it. So you've you had much culture in your life growing up. I would say that um, it has definitely been because I was raised by my mom, who is from Mozambique. So yes. so that has been like an African household, like a Mozambican household. And then going to school that was predominantly like uh, Arab or Turkish. And then going back to like my father in the weekends, who was in like, like, peak Danish culture. So yes. I would say yeah, I've definitely been, been been jumping in between like cultural experiences um, in that kind of way. Also by visiting my family in Mozambique in the summers. So when I was reading a lot about your story and I was like, man, that's, that's amazing from, cause at first I was just thinking that, all right, she's from Berlin or whatever. But then as I started right. reading and I was like, oh man, that's, that's very interesting. Do you speak like uh, any other languages, different languages? I speak like Portuguese because that's the colonial language of uh, of Mozambique that my mom taught me, and then I speak uh, Danish and German and English. Interesting. And then I had a weird phase where I, where I learned Esperanto, but <laughs> that's like <laughs> that's a bit off. And and I had Spanish in high school, which I learned, but Germany like German took too much space in my brain, so. I understand Spanish, but I'm not speaking that anymore. <laughs> it is so amazing because in America, especially black being in America, growing up, it was just English. And so yeah, I had uh, I had moved to London. And when I had mm. moved to London, it was like the first time it was just different languages being on the train and just hearing different languages at all times. 
And so it broadened my horizon at that point. And I was like, man, why can why didn't I learn another language growing up? You know, it's quite interesting because there is no like English isn't the official language in, in the U.S., you know. So it's yeah. quite interesting that you just have to learn English, which um, I don't know. It sounds very imperialistic to me. Um, and also yeah. like having that we had to learn English. Like that's the first language I had to learn in school. Then I had the option of learning German and Spanish afterwards, like French actually, but in my class there were no French teachers available, so wow. I had to learn German. Um, we have to learn English, you know. So I could imagine um, coming from a country that has a lot of culture but tends to center itself a lot of around English. It becomes almost like um, mandatory yeah. to assume that English is the official language, which by far it isn't, you know. So, what kind of music did you grow up listening to? So I was uh, at the mercy of my mom's and my sister's like uh, CD players for the okay. most time. Um, I was brought up at the time when people were starting to like copy CDs or burning them. Yeah. Um, and my mom just was like, let me get all this African music. So as much as I hate saying African music, because I think, <laughs> you know, the continent is yeah, so, it's really vast. Yeah, so vast. I was raised on African mix 2003. You know, like all these CDs had all these names. And so I literally have no idea what it was that I was listening to because some of them were also in the like the languages from the countries. But if you play it, I will know it. But I would know the artists, know the names, um, um, know the lyrics. I I would sing along, but, you know, just bumble. And and then the other thing was just like the Euro pop, very like generic, like pop music of the 90s and 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 2000s but like i grew up on mtv as well like when it was a musical channel as well that's interesting because like when i would hear my parents music growing up especially my father he would play it so loud driving down the street i would get so embarrassed like oh my god can you turn this down and it's so weird (laughs) now i have went back to go look for the same music he used to always play and yeah and and now i love it you know what i mean yeah but how does that compared to what you listen to now and what you are into now? So the music I listen to now, and it's been quite of a long emotional journey, it's, it's more about just sitting down and listening to music and then let it talk to me. Honestly, I'm listening to whatever you will give me and I will listen to it. Like, I was listening to the podcast you had, for example. I never heard about Sugar Free, so I've been like listening <laughs> to that, for example. Oh, my God. You went and listened to Sugar Free? Oh, that's amazing. I just listened to all of it. Like, I listened to the whole albums and, and I've just come across so many great like stories and cultures. I just listen to something that for me speaks about a certain kind of story yeah. or a certain kind of culture or yeah. a certain kind of death. Even though I can't, I can't like say what it is because it's not my place to like just assume yeah. what it is, but I can feel it. There's a lot of um, like history behind it. So, yeah. so I mean, recently I was li- like, I don't, for the, for the love of me, don't know why I knew her, but I was listening a lot to Coco Taylor, for example, you know, mm-hmm. um, and also like um, Jesse Mae Hemphill. Okay. Um, and then what happened? Then I think, then there was like a little bit of a trap soul yeah. <laughs> like thing yeah. that came in on. It's like, let me just jump over here. And then yeah. I, I forgot, I forgot even what it was called. It was uh, it's music from Chicago. See, again, I'm like bad yeah. with the name. Chicago has uh, house. Like they, track, have, they have house. Track life, I think they have, house. yeah. Oh, you talking like, like the footwork music. Uh, like, yeah, footwork music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what's, the, what's the name? Um, DJ Spin and a lot of people out of, uh, out of Chicago. It's similar to 
a lot of the of Detroit music like techno that I grew up um listening yeah. to at the same time. So it, it's 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 amazing like in a person we have so many different sides of us that of music that we right. would listen to. You know, yeah. like I get to a point where I'm in the mood where I'm like I really want to hear jazz or I want right. to and sometimes I get in the mood I want to hear um like that footwork music like techno or or I might want to hear right. hip hop. So it's like everybody has a a different, you know, diaspora of everything that you listen to. So I think I think that's dope. I, you know, and it's very curious that I was very intrigued that you listen to Sugar Free. So that was <laughs> because you know what? <laughs> you know what the funny thing is, I would play Sugar Free, right? Just growing up, right? I'll play Sugar Free and somebody would get in the car and they like, "What are you listening to?" They, and and I'm like, I, say, I love it. I say, yes. <laughs> they like, is he a pimp? Like, uh, yeah, that's what he's talking about. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that's what he's talking about. You know what I mean? So, but it's a, it's one of my guilty pleasures that I'm just like, no, I, I love it. You know what I mean? I love it. So, so it was good. I I, I listened to it. I'm like, this is the whole thing. Like, I <laughs> yeah. I I just like, I was all about the the the, the funk. Like the yeah. the cult, like I just listen to culture. I don't know how else to say yeah. it. I'm like, yes, I'm here for it. But then also, like, I had like a a period when I was listening to like '80s stuff. You know, yeah. I was listening to D Train, for example. And then the Rodney, um, he played that song. It's all over your face. Uh, you know, it's written all over your face. Which which one? Yeah, like no, it's like it's all over your face. The flying. It's like. Ronnie Dyson. Ronnie Dyson. Ronnie Dyson. I've heard. I've, I've heard of him before. Before. I've heard of him before. That that stuff is good. I like. I all over your face. The album constantly. Like. Yeah. I'm, I'm all over it. That is interesting. Like D Train. It reminds me of. Um, yeah. It reminds me of being in New York. Uh, it's like right. if I hear certain songs in a in a place that I'm at, it reminds me of that place where I first heard it at. You know what I mean? It reminds right. me of that. When I had found your album on Bandcamp, I had seen the cover. I seen the cover and I'm like, wow. And so it made me go listen to it. You know what I mean? I always wanted to design album covers growing up uh, because I was always in art, you know, in art school or whatever. So when I seen it, I was like, oh, this is dope. I I wonder what it sounds like. And so I would go to one song, go to the next. And I'm like, man, let me buy this album. Right. And so I bought it. And um, and then about a month after that, that's when I had a. I had left a comment on uh, on Instagram for you, right? And I was like, "Oh man, this album is the yeah. shit," right? And uh, yeah. and so I had I had uh, so my sister, I'm like, "Yeah, you need to go listen to this." She started streaming it or whatever. So it's like I would tell one person, then this person would tell another one. But then you know, you have somebody, you're running to somebody, and they be like, "Uh, I can't understand her." I don't know Portuguese, but it sounds good to me. You understand what I'm saying? So, and so when I had, I take it back to when I was younger and I had found uh, Les Nubians, right? And yeah. and I was like, man, I didn't understand French, but it was good music to me. You know what I mean? Right. And so I had to tell you, I'm yeah. like, no, the whole album isn't in Portuguese. You got to listen to the songs. Some of it is in English. You know what I mean? And, and so I'm like, okay. And so, uh, but it's just so interesting. And I just really dug the album. Uh, I'm about to butcher this a little bit, so just to let you know. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you. Yeah, it's, thank it's, you. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, Toto's your first solo project. Yes. What inspired you to create the album? Honestly, like there wasn't any inspiration to create the album as, at the time when I was writing the songs. Like I was in conservatory, and there was an uh, opportunity to go abroad to study, like for one semester or two, and. I I I was not about to go to another like conservatory in Europe. Yes. Um, so I was like, let me either go to the U.S. or let me go to to Brazil if possible. 
And I didn't get into car arts, so a shout out to them for being silly, for not taking me. But I got into a conservatory in Rio. And um, yeah, so when I was there, it was like a very early fascination with being from Mozambique. Yes. Having this language, this common language, and also a common history that, that isn't really talked about. There's a lot of my experience on this earth has been... Um, like there is something that people aren't talking about like there's yes. something that's so like prevalent that that why are we not talking about this because clearly this is existing so for me that was also a lot about like okay we all speak in english but no one is actually like paying attention to what's happening in brazil but now i have this 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 um, skill like i don't speak fluent portuguese but yes. i understand what these people are experiencing so i want to go there and, and get to know myself through a language that i already speak Yes. So, so while I was there and I already like, like, you know, the basic, like imported Bossa Nova and yes. I already do a few songs and I've gotten there and, 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 and it was, it was the music that I was really interested in and, and very fascinated with. So, so my whole thing of going to Rio was like, I'm going to go and on the six months I'm here, I'm going to try to learn as much as I can. Um, because a lot of the stuff isn't written down in the book, so you can't yes. actually find any kind of written information. You have to meet the people. So while I was in, in the conservatory and meeting musicians as well. I was just writing down songs to remember certain kinds of rhythms, certain kinds of harmonic progressions or ideas or inspirations that I had from, from being there. Yes. So, 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 but I also was very like, um, trying to be very humble with being like, okay, I'm not going to go home and say that I wrote Brazilian music. I don't feel comfortable with, with saying that I'm not yeah. from Brazil. I am engaging with a culture in a way that, that I'm trying to like create some kind of like, um, exploration of my own identity and in a certain kind of maybe connectivity that, that is common to the Afro-Brazilian um, history and me and being from Mozambique and having my ancestors also going there. So, um, so that's why I kind of also in certain kinds of compositional moments chose to like change uh, certain kinds of rhythms and harmonies to something that wasn't quite Brazilian or yeah. quite traditional. So but as I wrote those songs, I came back to, to Berlin and then I had all these like songs playing around. And then I think I, I've been very lucky to have people who just believed in me. And so I was I, I used to play like these jazz gigs with uh, some uh, U.S. American musicians and, mm-hmm. and they wanted me to play a concert there. And they're like, yeah, um, could you please just play a concert for one hour and a half? And so I had all these songs and I got it together and they're like, why are you recording this concert? Um, please record it. And then um there was a competition you should sign up in the house. And then from there on, it kind of just took on that I won the competition, you know, like got, I think it was like 2000 euros. And then I, I had a guy who was the pianist for that moment. It's like, let's record a demo. And then we move on to the next competition. And then um, I knew this label at Google records and they're like, well, we are going to Hannover, this other German city. Maybe you should present these demos to this guy. So yeah. it wasn't really out of, let me record an album. I think that was something that was very scary to me because I felt like I needed to have a deep history or a deep story to tell and the urgency to have something to tell. I think that's something I've been shying away from a lot. Um, so from there on, there was kind of like, okay, like this, this label, like, yeah, we know you're already, like, let's just do this. Um, do you want to re-record it? And then it's like, yeah, I want to do it again. So I already had like recorded demos and then I was starting just to connect with people that I knew and felt like I could trust um, in this process. Yeah. And so that's kind of, it came in a certain kind of like organic way without actually having the initial thought of even creating an album. Um, yeah. That's interesting. And and how was it being in Rio and just taking everything in like that? 
into the culture because I've always dug Bossa Nova uh, mm. music and it was just something about it. I've always wanted to go to Brazil or whatever, but how was it just yeah. taking that all in? And like you were saying, even though you wasn't from Brazil, you wanted to still express yourself that way. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was a very, I tried to be very humble about it. I mean, if I succeeded, that's not something I can judge for myself. But I was lucky enough to, this is actually an interesting story. So I know Brandford Masawi. Okay. The, you know the fact yeah yeah um, yeah Brian from South, yeah yeah he came to to my university in berlin and then heard me sing and then he's like yeah i like you I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you out and then he had a connection with some people in brazil and then connected me to some of the Brazil, brazilian musicians there so yeah. that was already like you know legit so i i landed and was immediately taken in by this family um and they're like okay let me just introduce you to some of the these like really high level players and so by there, it was just like, I was, I was not trying to actually play the music. I was like, could you invite me to some of your rehearsals yeah. so I could just sit and listen? I was just like fortunate, obviously, through Brentford to hear these very highly de- dedicated musicians talk about their culture. Yes. Um, and I have a good friend now. He also, he was in the conservatory there. So he, he was, you know, in the making and he was uh, from the Cantonble religion. Mm-hmm. And so he took me to a ceremony as well. So it was, it was just more about, um, understanding something that I don't really see that much in Europe, or at least where I've been situated in Europe, um, how people live the music more than they, yeah. than like they live it, they eat it, they drink it, they you know they smell it, and it's like everybody kind of knows the histories of the music. Um, some of it though is still really like highly white, like certain things you aren't taught in the conservatory. I was only taught Western music, yes, um, bossa nova guitar. Um, so there is a lot of um, resources to learn music that I wouldn't, I, I don't learn from the conservatory. And also, um, the people who taught me that I, that I got to meet were, um, all white, actually. I really? think my friend though, he is of black, like he is, he has black descendants in him. It's like very prevalent, but I don't know if he would identify as black. Yeah. Um, yeah, there were white Brazilians, which also like there is a socioeconomic, like, um, aspect of that. So I also tried to like see if I could like step outside of, of, of Brazilian whiteness, I would call it, but that was, it took more time. But I also tried to um, meet um, other people who were just dealing with the city of Rio in itself. So I also went on a tour and met this um, American actually who had uh, moved to Berlin, oh sorry, to Rio and lived there for 15 years and dedicated their whole life to to the Candomblé religion and to knowing the the the, the traffic people's like history of Rio de Janeiro, you know. So there was like a lot of, um, again, like things that, that are there, but no one talks about. We went and visited a mass graves, um, the history of the first black church in Rio that was, wow. you know, burned down and again rebuilt and, and understanding the, the gentrification and, and housing policies, policies of, of Rio and how, and when I say we visited a mass grave, I literally mean we visited a metro station where there was a mass grave that no one wanted to honor. Like, wow. you know, like, and like, and, and just kind of, and that was, we walked around for seven hours and, and nothing that we saw was saying, oh, black people did this. It was just because this person had done all the research, Yes. you know, and then had taken us to these very sacred places and had told us about the history and then also took us to places where uh, a lot of um, people were just, forcefully removed because they had to build this big highway. So, so 
in that kind of way, I also just try to go to sessions, like Shoto sessions, and just listen to the music and go to a few like jazz jam sessions. And but it was it was difficult to come across um, just in my immediate surrounding, like yeah. across black musicians or self-identified black musicians really? um i met a few at the end yeah i mean but that's also where i came in from i'm like i'm coming in from europe like i don't know who you know how to access certain kinds of people like and yeah. Yeah. it's not like they weren't on the street but at the same time i also felt a bit shy I'd be like hey you're black can you you know like mm. i didn't want to like you know and my <laughs> portuguese wasn't maybe that that amazing that they would like find that to be like acceptable so i was also just trying to i i, I sat into a to a session where it was three black women it was called like a three generation um singing of brazilian musicians but um it they i was too i i felt like i read the room like i shouldn't approach them and just let them do their thing maybe yeah. I, I should maybe today i would have done it um but i was also trying to stay humble you know so i also yeah. say if i felt like someone felt comfortable with me i would approach them and not the other way around necessarily yes um yeah. So, so I think I would have needed way more time to get involved in that. Um, but I, that's that's kind of what it what it was the reality for me. I met a few at the end. Yeah, that's interesting because um, just hearing you say, you know, like white Brazilians, and I, I didn't, I've never thought about it being white and black Brazilians in my head. I guess I've always just thought, you know, everybody was brown. You know what I mean in Brazil. Oh, not really. I, I, I mean, I think some people you can definitely see like, okay, like there are, there are certain kinds of different like ethnicities in you, but um, yeah. there is definitely like a major like discussion about blackness and whiteness in, in Brazil. And I think that maybe also like take what I'm saying with a grain of salt, because I think for black people in Brazil to define who they are is something that they should do. Um, so I was kind of looking through that other lens with the right vocabulary that I've learned from, yeah. you know, being situated in Europe and also having a knowledge production coming out of, of the U.S. Yeah. And, but um, I did hang out with black people who weren't musicians and they also like talked about their, you know, heritage. And, but it wasn't in terms of the music, but I still like paid attention. And, yeah. and yeah. Um, but I mean, I learned about some of uh, some of the black music like musicians and 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 the music that was existing there yeah but i didn't have like that close contact with it yeah i can understand like, yeah so i'm sure you've seen a lot of coverage about like the black lives uh matter movement in the united states what is yeah. it what is it like to be a, a person of color living in germany well actually like i've been pondering about that for a while i think in terms of like where i'm situated like i am well, I guess I would identify as like a, a light skinned black person. And I think it's important yes. to kind of like, you know, <laughs> like, like say that's where my experience is coming from. Cause I do think colorism plays a big role in Berlin. Yes. Um, so for me, I think I have this um, proximity to, to whiteness. And I think a lot of white people feel quote unquote, more comfortable with me. I, I find it personally difficult to engage with white culture here. It's becoming more and more difficult mm. for me. Um, and that's just because of the personal, like, um, like disappointments that I've experienced of having to deal with white people's um, internalized racism. Yes. Um, so, but but on, I think on, on, if you want to compare it maybe to the U.S., if I can create some kind of understanding, I think 
yeah. the difference one of the differences here is that black people who exist in Europe um, are more in the discourse of colonization not so much of slavery oh okay so so, so that means at least for me and my mother's experience is that we never belong to Europe we are always from somewhere else you can yeah. be like I guess in my yeah. case that's fair like because I was born somewhere else so I'm okay with that and I yeah. probably like yeah. I don't know if I'm proud but I'm like I'm, I don't have like the necessity only to be from them like I don't think that's fair and I don't identify with that but there are people who who have been in 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 Germany or Denmark for generations and still do not get to be called German interesting like, that's because of colonialism separates people very quickly you know you are not from here you are not of this place you do mm. not belong you do not get to decide That's maybe you can vote and you have a passport but in terms of speaking on the culture yeah it becomes very yeah. tricky um that, that's, and that's interesting that you say that um because uh coming from coming from detroit now living in atlanta mm. uh you know yeah. here in america we consider ourselves african-americans or black Right. Um, right. And so yeah. when I went to when I went to London and was living in London, it was so weird because um, a lot of people, uh, a lot of brothers from Ghana or whatever that was in, uh-huh. and they would ask me, they would ask me, what do you consider yourself? Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, it, it was it was odd to me at the time because. You know, I'm saying to myself, I'm, you know, I'm considering myself African-American, right? And he was like, but you've never been to Africa. And I was like, well, I don't really have to be from Africa. You know what I mean? I really don't have, I, yeah. my, my ancestors are from Africa. Uh, but, they, and, so right. they, and so they would say, you, you're American, you're American. And that, that was all right for them to say. But at the same time, here in America, we have to identify ourselves you know, because a lot of people don't just say, oh, you're American. You understand what I'm saying? Just yeah, like they, yeah, they won't say that you're not considered a lot of a lot of white folks might say, no, you know, they they say, yeah, I, I guess. But they say he's African-American. So we would rather have that that identity on us. You know what I mean? So you want mm. you want to have some kind of identity back to the motherland. You know what I mean? Right. Because. But I also think that's important. Yeah, I it is. It, very, it is very important. I think that 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 the biggest betrayal that, as far as I understood and have like pondered about, is that white people go to somewhere and then claim it to be theirs, and, yeah. and you it's know, big, like yeah. settlers, like and then like like genocide and kill the people or the native people or, or force them to be yeah. a part of their culture and wipe that whole history away, and then act as if they are from this place. You know, yeah. I think it's important yeah, to know important. Yeah. where you are from, and I think that's um, I think that. But I think that I could imagine also being from uh, Mozambique that what these Ghanaian people in this particular case are meaning is also to like you are not uh, like from Africa like today, yeah. but but yeah. it's important that we also like distinguish those, those cultural differences. Yeah. Um, because there is that thing about people just being like Africa, and then everybody's just like, well, that must be you know some kind of ridiculous reproduction of like a colonial image. Yeah. So I think I think. I think oftentimes what I experience being uh, of uh, like an African like continent is that we don't get to own our individuality, and yeah. I think that's where this conversation was coming from, and and that 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 is important that within the African community we always like where are you from, and I'm like oh Mozambique, ah Ghana, and then we're like yo that's far away, and then 
you know yeah. you know there is that kind of like we know that this is not the same thing but there are similarities and, and i could imagine that that's potentially what that question would mean yeah yeah because, because um, you figure we don't uh being as a black american it's like right. you, you might take uh ancestry.com or whatever and see where mm. your dna is in from because i have and and to see that you know Ghana, I'm mm. basically like four places in Africa, you know what I mean? Mm. But, but, yeah. you know, we are all from, we are all from, you know, we are all here in America. We are from somewhere else, but yeah, it, you right. know, we're not identified as, you know, we're not American enough for Americans, you know, right. you know as you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, but so. I, I also feel like that is, um. Oh, like you know, white supremacy is a yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> to exclude people, yeah, you know, yeah, I, that's what it I, is. It makes, it makes me furious, and 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 yeah, that's really all I can say. It's it's um, it's an interesting way to keep you out of 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 the conversation, like yeah. of manipulating that, and yeah, it, it makes me furious. That's that's all I can. I'm I'm here. I'm I'm yeah. I'm here. Yeah, yeah. We, I think we're on the same page. Uh, <laughs> I think we're on the same page. But um, but back to um, Berlin. What is the local music scene like in Berlin? So um, so, so Berlin, like in general, like I think I think um, there is no like center of the city. I think that would be a good image. So if you would go like I guess to like. New York, you would maybe be like Grand Central Station. I don't know, like, yeah, you know, like Broadway. Like, there was a certain kind of way where people were like, okay, that could be kind of the center of the city that people would meet or like, there's like you can go shopping. And there is kind of like the bureau in Berlin that's called Mitte, which means the middle. But in terms of like where people go and how people like center themselves, is each bureau has its own kind of center. Um, and I feel like you can kind of see that as an image of Berlin because um, you there are so many different scenes but you might never go there you know so like there is a rockabilly scene that i'm actually not aware of i know it exists but i've never been yeah. and you can and there are certain kinds of clubs that then just like keeps on reproducing that like content so i've been i've been mostly stuck in in like in the jazz scene like also the institutionalized jazz scene and definitely try and move away from that but i know there's like a big swing dance scene there is a very big like techno and house scene in berlin then yeah. there is like a, yeah. a like a big um, like uh, like even the pop scene um, and and I think the reason for that is that there are a lot of musicians that live in Berlin and then work outside of Berlin like because you don't get any money to pay in Berlin. Interesting. Because it's like it's really poorly paid. So so there, I think you can definitely find. I know also like modular modular synthesizers are like really big as well. Um, and and um, classical music in terms of like contemporary uh, is also big. Um, free, there's a big free free scene as well. Um, so so you can kind of like you know I I don't think there's a, a like a niche for everything, but yeah. Yeah. you know there is also a few like African Americans who who have like started um, like a hip hop sessions. I know there are two, you know, wow. three actually. But now the third one is kind of like coming more in from London. Um, uh, so there are like there are like places, you know, where you can kind of figure out what you want to do and then like hang out there. But it isn't like it isn't vastly big, but it's definitely you can move in and out of these things. Interesting. So did you? I, I noticed that you do a lot of collaborations 
How did you mm. how did you come about meeting a lot of these various artists? You know, some of it is just like pure luck, honestly. Like yeah. I think on I think I was people saw me being a musician before I was ready. And I think those people were the ones who brought me in. Like one band, like Radio Citizen, I was I was just playing at a what was it called? Like a queer Eurovision. Like, you know, you okay. you know what Eurovision is? Like, you know, a song contest and okay. I was like playing and this guy walks in. He's like, I need you for this band. And then I was in Radio <laughs> Citizen. <laughs> we didn't even sing her. Like, you know? <laughs> like, okay. That easy. Uh, <laughs> I need you for this band. Yeah. Come on. It's time to go. Yeah, yeah because like, I won the competition. And then he walks in at the end where I'm just singing, like, I won. Here's a song again. And it's like, you should be in the band. And then from there on, it's like, um, Onoma Gimu and the Disco Jumpers, I was in the same institute where some of the people were circulating and some of the band members were in Radio Citizen and then he asked me to be the singer for that. Um, Matadal was like, we met in Canada because I was at the workshop there for creative music and the jazz yeah. workshop, like in 2018. So that's kind of like how we met. Um, so I, I think I think it's been like coincidence and like, going certain places um but as far as i could like i i feel like so far i haven't really been 100 percent the instigator of these things i've yeah. been more like invited in things so how does how does your family feel about you know your album and your success and everything well um i come from uh, my ancestry like on my danish side is actually like highly mu- musical but yeah. we also like used to be like poor working uh class family yes so um i mean when i say poor i mean like europe 1930s poor i don't i don't okay. mean contemporary like poor in, in denmark is very different than what it is in the states so we're not poor today it's it's, it's very it's a historical kind of poor yeah but like because of that like we we are more like a singing type of people there always no like my tip my grand great great grandfather he was he was a musician and wrote music but after that there has been like just working 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 so there aren't no one in my family is actually musical like yeah. or have pursued music they're just like they like music they listen to music so my mom is just proud because you know i pursued my my dreams and she's you know my my she she doesn't really get it like really? on a technical level you yeah. know like it's like when i told her i got into the conservatory it was more like oh you got in so what is this i'm like oh it's a bachelor's and she was, yeah. oh okay that sounds good. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a i understand <laughs> now yeah <laughs> thank you that would yeah. be like a certificate at the end very good you know like and it took her a long time to get that but every time like she hears more of her music she she she's very proud uh my dad is a, a hard one to crack he is not the most um supportive person i would say yeah and um, yeah. so far the radio citizen stuff is just like that sounds like garbage um what? noise i don't really like it yeah yeah it's like it's very specific i don't really like it and then wow. he's like trying to coach me into uh not coaches he's like could you play something that's more like listen listen friendly oh, um God. but then with my new album he was like this sounds more like digestible wow Oh, that's yep. a, that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> wow, I know. <laughs> like, I mean, but just being honest, like, and you know, for a while it did bother me, but now I'm like, if he doesn't like it, I I can't really, you know, like, yeah. I think he he just used to like, listening to music on the radio, and that's something that's like you know nice and easy, and and he maybe isn't that intro. He's just not into experimental or like I would call it expansive music that doesn't just reproduce certain kinds of 
emotional. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. You've been very transparent, on, like on Instagram, about the struggles and mm. politics involved in being an independent artist. Specifically, right. you shared how the COVID nineteen pandemic, you know, directly affected your ability to work and be compensated. How had these? How has these past few months? For you and fellow musicians in your circle, you know, do you see a light at the end of the tunnel being with COVID and everything? I um, I think I have been, I am highly privileged right now because I'm situated in a place where um, I get um, support from the German government. Like okay. there was a moment where they cashed out money to everybody who could prove that they're musicians. Mm. That was like 5,000 euros. Oh, that's pretty they good. They just dude. like gave everybody. Yeah. yeah. And now there's like a second round of like, applying for money or like stipends so i'm kind of like in a in a place where um playing is is, is not every that we're kind of reliant on it's more like now everybody's suddenly on a stipend like which is like i i don't have any more money now like this is the second round that i'm hoping to get something out of and if not then i can um apply for like unemployment so i i have like certain kinds of like security nets but in terms of playing there have been like a few gigs coming up now but where i had to like rethink my whole um like ensemble because they only book like one to three persons so i'm learning all my material wow. again <laughs> yeah it's fun like wow. you know relearning everything for bass now and singing so that's a great opportunity for me to learn but um and i think right now certain places in germany are opening up again so there are there are possibilities coming back in now at yeah. concerts and, 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 and like, and clubs are opening again, but it's very limited, but I wouldn't be able to survive if it wasn't for the financial support that I got from like, from the state right yeah. now. It's just started being concerts here, uh, in your car though. You have to, you know, you have to pull up like a drive in mm -hmm. movie and, yeah. and see a concert, but, uh, it's so weird. I'm, I'm still, yeah. get, I'm still getting used to all of this. Like, man, this is so weird. Yeah. You know, when I go in and I get out the car and, and I see everybody with a with mask on, I'm like, oh, God, I forgot, to, forgot my mask. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, so it's, it's very interesting that, you know, in the time that we live in like this, you know what I mean? So yeah, I think it also depends on where you are. Um, you know, people are either very comfortable in a certain, to a certain degree or confident that they don't, they aren't going to get kicked out of their houses. You know, like yeah. I could say like, um, it has been more secure in Germany than what I've heard from across like different parts of the world in the yeah. U.S. or when I'm keeping in touch with my friends in Brazil. It just really um, shows the, the bigger injustice, you know, on how systems aren't really working. I'm not saying that Germany is working as a system. I don't. I don't think that you yeah. know the system that we live in now is, you know, it, it's profitable of like a colonial system. So yeah. I don't think it's something that merits like praise. Yeah. You know, but I, it still kind of shows the indifferences. Uh, not the difference, sorry, the, what is it called? The differences in, in, in resources. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, so I think it offers a certain kind of like, a, I'm, I'm very prone to be comfortable. I can I can choose to be comfortable. Yeah. Let me put it like this. You know, I, I can tell you one, one place it's not working. It is not working here. We. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, is an, it, it is not working here with the orange man uh, in control. Yeah. Uh, but, you yeah. know, hey, you know, just waiting it out, you know. But uh, yeah. but what's next? Yeah. What's what's next for you? Will there be a Paratotos tour when things die down? Uh, um, and did your original well, plans include America to tour? Yes. Well, let me tell you this. So, um, 
I, I have like my manager and I were going to meet soon and, and starting to plan a tour for 2021 if it's going to work out. But I also got accepted to do a, a graduate program in the U.S. now. So oh, dope. I was supposed to be there now, but I chose to like postpone it. So I'm going to start. Where at? Where at in the States? I'm going to move to Connecticut. I'm going to study at Wesleyan. Oh, that's what's up in Connecticut. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I, I mean, I, actually, I don't, I'm saying yes, but I don't know. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Depending <laughs> on how everything goes. Yeah. Yeah. But I also mean like in terms of like knowing what universities are the good ones. I know yeah. like Harvard is, you know, but yeah. and like, but just like there's certain names that pop up, but apparently Wesleyan is a good one too, but I, it was more the program that I applied for and then the financial support they offered. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Oh, that's good, man. You, uh, you make it all around the world. I want to come, like, I, I've been in, in the States, like, a few times, twice, or, yeah, 12, three times now, um, but I, I feel like, again, like, it's not the same thing, but, like, when I went to Brazil, I was just like, all these black people here, like, we need to, like, <laughs> I want to know, I want to know more, and I, I want to, yeah. like, you know, just yeah. be fully engaged with this series, like, diaspora and the music, and I feel like having been in a conservatory for four and a half years studying jazz by predominantly I would say like 99.9% white people who yeah. come in from the, I'm just like, I can't, I feel very uncomfortable um, claiming myself to be any kind of musician when everything that I've been studying has been like of, of your culture, yes. you know, your yeah. particular culture. And I really speak to you right now, like your culture. And, and I want to just, you know, honor, honor that and learn that and be respectful and, and come and like, learn about you know the history that i'm not being taught here and yeah. and see how without like i'm not trying to sign favors but if there's anything i can like be responsible for or yeah. like i can spread the word i'm here for it you know so it's a big black music scene here in atlanta and um, yeah i could imagine you coming here uh you know performing we would love it i know it would it would blow up I know it would blow up. I so. would, I would, I, I'm just like, I would love to just come and visit you, to be honest. Yeah. I'm, I just want to travel. I mean, I want to, I want to just meet with, with, with black people and understand like black culture. Like the last time I was in New York, the yeah. only thing I was trying to grab onto is like, let me go to church every Sunday. <laughs> yeah. like, I went to Baptist church and I sat and I was like, there's a lot of black people here. I'm very happy about it. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Went to, <laughs> well, you you would, uh, hey, you would love Atlanta. It's uh, it's yeah. all, it's a lot of black people. It is, <laughs> it is a lot of black people. I am engulfed in black folks. Um, being that you saying you was uh, coming to the United States, um, mm. do you, what do you have planned next? Well, Mus I'm trying music to get wise. to the U.S. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> trying to get to you. Um, well, I'm currently working on like a, a little bit of a project called New Path. Mm -hmm. um which um in, in due time is going to present itself but it's, it's me trying to like collaborate with um with like i think at the center of it like black queer people like from all walks of life and um and and centered it around ex like experimenting music or like improvised music and yes. and just kind of creating like a, a healing space if possible of of just um engaging with topics that that we find are necessary for our emotional well-being so like a topic that I did with the two artists, like um, this case, it was like, uh, like also a person of color. It's like, I'm not trying to limit it only to black people, but yeah. I try to center it around who I am and then start from there. Um, so we, we, we dealt with the topic of empathy, like what it meant for us, 
what it is that we we understand on the empathy and how do we how do we work on empathy towards ourselves towards our fellow human beings and on a global like scale um and then i'm also quite interested in examining my my own privileges as a way of creating like growth mm. and accountability so so that's like a third project that i'm doing trying to get together now and and i think the 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 idea is just to to examine the fact that the future, you know, like how when you're a kid, you go to school, they're like, you are the future of tomorrow. You have to be able to envision the future. You know, yes. we need engineers, doctors and all this stuff. And then you learn this like unscrewed history that makes no, like that is, <laughs> that needs to be relearned. Yeah. Why then didn't you tell I'm me like, about this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then like you learn this past that, 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 that only is one sided. And so I want to just to like focus on, on that kind of, um, um, idea of creating like a new path in order to envision a new future. So, and in a future where you exist, you know, like yeah. so it is like. Um, so I think in order for that to 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 happen, you need to first learn about your past, but you also need to unpack, you know, like your feelings, your traumas, your 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 sense of self, your identity, and examine that, and then yeah. and then. Not saying you have to do that first and then the future comes, but I think all of these exist with each other, like they coexist. And and so I'm just trying to trying not to look so much ahead because this comes with looking back. So that's why it's called New Past. No, oh, that's hey, that's beautiful. That that's great. I, I got a, I got another question now. All right, my yeah. fav, my favorite song on your album, uh, I'm about to butcher this, uh, is uh, yeah. uh, t- is it Tokui? <laughs> Toke. Toke. See? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Toke. Toke. What is the translation for? It just means I played. Wow. For so long. I, and I, I was saying, like, yeah my, yeah, my favorite song is, uh, you know, number two. That's what it's like. I was, <laughs> you know, number two. Uh, uh, what's the name? Of, and people say, what's the name of it? Hey, number two. Just look for number two. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that feeling. Yeah. What's the name of it? Uh, uh, Toke. Toe is toe something. Just listen to number two. Damn, <laughs> it's interesting. When I had um first heard your album, I just went I went right to YouTube and then I seen the video. Yeah. I seen the video and I was like, okay, all right, because you also you also you you want to put visuals to it. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, man, this is dope. So then that's when I started sending your video to my dad and to my sister. Like, yeah, hey, here, check this out. Here, check this out. I sent it to my cousin. Like, yo, he like, yo, she dope. I was like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, she is, right? You know. I have been spreading your your music all across America. You know what I mean? Thank you. I appreciate that. What achievement are you most proud of? You know, and what milestones are you looking forward to that will signify that you've made it for yourself? Well, um, I think achievement-wise, like, I think um, me as a person, um, it's just really overcoming a lot of, like, patterns that I've had in my life and, and, and how I've learned to deal with them through music. So it's like, like, this, I think like recently, like I, I was like, maybe I have a little bit of like imposter syndrome, you know, like feeling like I don't belong in certain spaces or I shouldn't do certain kinds of music. And, and I've learned to, to, to deal with my insecurities through music. So that's like an achievement in itself, I feel. And I, I, and I center my growth in music. Yeah. Um, and music has given me the opportunity to grow. Um, so that's an achievement. But in terms of like, I've made it, like when I just, become a better bass player i would say like i'm i'm starting i'm really practicing like on a daily right now today's my day off because my my pinky needs a, a break but like just 
becoming a better musician, a better bass player, uh, a more sensitive listener. Um, and I really mean that musically and, and spiritually and emotionally. Yeah. Um, and I'm quite confident that um, from where I'm positioned and also from, from, from the past that I've gone and looking back at all the, the help that I've gotten and the, and the shout outs, even from you, that I, I am on the way to, to, to on my path and, and, and that's going to be um, constantly going and changing. So I don't know if there's ever a point of making it, but I think in terms of like capital, like, <laughs> like, like language, I guess yeah. if I can like off it and, and feel confident I can work with people that, that are creating dope shit, you know, yeah. like kind of really like, like have that be my mantra right now. I'm like, be yeah. badass and hang out with badass people. Yeah. And, um, and make dope shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think as I, as I try to be open towards that and not, and not be too comfortable in, in reproducing the same kind of uh, music. I I think that's, that's, that's the only thing I can like be true to and honest to. Wow. And can you tell me where can everybody find you at? Um, YouTube, Spotify. I'm also on Bandcamp. I think you can buy my music on Amazon Music as well. Like, you know, I think these, like all the general like channels, I think I should be on there. Pretty sure I am. I believe you are. These, I, uh, I believe these you are. are. iTunes, you know, I've, I've checked it a bit, um, but I, I think it, I'm, I'm only a Google away. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. You are. <laughs> I have a, um, I have a segment of the show where I ask you three questions. Uh, they won't be too crazy. I think you'll be able to answer. Miss Natalie Graffel, what is your favorite movie? I have to give um, a shout out to my uh, childhood self because I love Superman uh, with Christopher Reeves. With like, Christopher Reeves? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have never rewatched it again. I remember watching it a lot when I was a kid uh-huh. and I was like, this is my shit. You know? Like, yeah, and yeah. <laughs> and I, I was actually pondering watching it again, but I was like, nah, it's probably going to be problematic, but you know, like... <laughs> it might not be so uh-uh. great after you watch it yeah. as you get older. Like. I mean, I try to enjoy that. And then I, I, I think I'm just a sucker for these like, like parallel universes or something. So I also like love, like loved, loved, like you still maybe do a like low key, like guilty pleasure Star Wars, like episode four to six, you know, the oh, original. Oh, that's dope. You like Star Wars. Yeah. I love, I love Star Wars myself. Okay. Yeah. If you can go to three concerts for artists dead or alive, who would you go see? Okay. So, um, I would definitely go see Elisa Gina, the Brazilian uh, singer. Okay. You know her? No, I've never heard of. Her. I gotta check her out. Yes, I'm gonna send you. Uh, I'm gonna send you some of it. It's, yeah, yeah, I would love that. I saw it the first time, and I thought she was still alive, and I like cried almost when I thought, found out she was dead. Yeah, that, you know, because she died yeah. very young, yeah. in the thirties of a cocaine and alcohol overdose. So uh, I was like, no. But yeah, she she just yeah. She's a person where I saw her concerts. I, you know, you start crying. So I, so these are the people that I have cried to. I listen to. So that's the first one, not yeah. necessarily in that order. Okay. But the second one is Betty Carter for sure. You said you said Betty Carter. Um, yes. Okay. The the jazz singer. Yeah. And then I would want to go see Jesse May uh, Hemphill. Ah, hey, that's a hey, that's a that's a good three. That's a good Thank three. You. All right. And if you had a last meal, what would you eat and where from? 
I would eat my mom's food. Not that it is particularly um, like good or like, oh my God, you have to taste, try my mom's food. But yeah. I know that my mom uh, cares about my well-being. And yes. when she cooks food for me, she cooks it to me and for me and wants me to be happy. And that's the best meal you can ever get. That's a great answer right there. That was a great answer. Uh, yeah, you can't go wrong with your with your mom's food. You can't go wrong with that. I mean, I might not, I might, I might not like it, but <laughs> oh, I know it's healthy. You know, I mean, like, <laughs> and I know that she wanted to put good stuff in me. And I mean, I know now she she knows more or less what I like. So so it's all about okay, like hey, you need this and this and that, and, and I'm gonna make sure that I taste good. You, I, I still like have a few comments on it, but <laughs> I know that she would. I, as as you say where you're from, like she put her foot in it. Yeah, you know? she put her foot in that. So, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we all say yeah, she put her foot in that one, boy. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's that's good. Uh Natalie, I'm so grateful to uh talk to you. Uh I've been yeah. waiting for this for a long time. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. You are a great person, you have great energy, and I want to thank you for being on the Jason King podcast. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Likewise, with just listening to your podcast, I appreciate the the history and legacy you're bringing onto the show and just, and who you are as people. I really appreciate that and for having you uh, in in the periphery of my life. So, you know, hanging out badass people be badass. No doubt. No doubt. Well, hey, don't forget to send me that music and I'll talk to you soon. Yes, I will send it immediately. I appreciate you. Oh, man. That was great. That was great. I learned how to say it. Toques, uh, because I didn't know how to say it at first. Uh, I really butchered that. And I appreciate uh, <laughs> Natalie Greffel schooling me on that. It was a great conversation uh, from a very talented lady. And I am just, <laughs> I am just flabbergasted that uh, I put Natalie Greffel on to Sugar Free. That is amazing. Uh, that is amazing. Um, I would have never guessed that Natalie Greffel was listening to Sugar Free. But hey. It's all good music, and that's what we are here to do is to let everybody put them on to that good music. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook at J-A-E-S-S and Kang Podcast. And also check out, we're going to have a contest for uh, Natalie Greffel's Paratotas album uh, that includes the CD and the uh, digital album. Check us out on Instagram. Again, that is J-A-E-S-S and King Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook. I hope everybody has a beautiful week. Uh, I hope we will a great start to your week. And I'm signing out. J.S. from Jason King Podcast.
Yes and Kane Podcast.